Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This guy says we're pivot. You understand just how we live it. This for me is like rap religion. Open on beat because we got this guy. When it comes to this, y'all, I can get it hype. When it comes to this, y'all, calm has risen. How you living, huh? Yo, how you living, pivot? You know, it's funny when I when I tell people that I've been doing stand-up comedy, they're like, why would you put yourself through that? This seems so hard. And so part of my journey has been to interview these brilliant comics and just sit with them and 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 just learn from them and their journey. And Todd Glass is one of these guys. He's a comics comic. Everyone, every comic, they're so opinionated as well. They should be. And they love this guy. And for a good reason. He's great at what he does. He's really smart. He's brave. He's totally improvisational, unique, original, and he doesn't give a fuck. Oh, my God. This guy lets his hands go. Um, he's an acquired taste. Not everyone likes him, and he doesn't, he doesn't care, man. He will walk people, but he's going to stay true to himself. This is a fascinating, fascinating interview. You guys, check this out <laughs> and get back to me on it because I want to hear I always chicken out. If a bit doesn't work right away, I chicken out. If I should have gone further and I shouldn't have. And I was on the road with David Cross like 2009. And um, it, I was doing this bit. And I don't need to tell you the bit. But, uh, yeah. he, uh, but I, he, goes, he goes, that bit's funny. You got to keep doing it. And, and, I, and I, the bit was basically this, the sham wow. They just keep listing things that it wipes up. That's the whole commercial. Wipes right. up juice. It wipes up soda. Wipes up coal. The shamwell, you use it forever. Use it inside. Use it outside. Use it upstairs. Use it downstairs. The shamwell. Okay, I did it. He, I go, I lose them. He goes, yeah, you will. Go until you get them back. So he offered me $1,500. And I needed it. Right. <laughs> um, if I could do the bit for, I think it was two and a half minutes. Right. And I just got a bill for this house to put a new roof on it for $1,500. I'm like, fuck. Like, I've never gotten ready for anything, you know, like a marathon. I don't do it. I go, I got ready. I, every day I'm like, okay, think of colors. You can stall, you know, whether you're spill you, instead of a blue rag, a red rag, you know, think about things, you know, it'll wipe up messes after cats, dogs, big cats, small cats. I just kept going. And one night I hit the, I hit it. They yelled from day on the side of the stage. He goes, you got it. You got it. I'm like, yes. And they gave me $1,500. That is amazing. But did that kind of, not that you needed to be taught anything about comedy, but did that teach you something about 
a bit and what was it? Did you feel that you lost them? And then because you just were relentless, you got them back? Yeah, because you had, it's not funny maybe for a while. Like you gotta, oh, you don't think it's funny that I've just listed 30 things? Hey, I, I'll give it to you. I'll list 60. Hey, we've <laughs> seen people remember th lists before. You, you, the audience might be, oh really? And if you just go and go and go and go and go. Oh no, no, it's okay. By the way, if you don't think it's funny, I'm not mad at you. Right. No, but I'll just go and go. Okay, did I fucking get you? And eventually that, in that bit, not all my jokes should be like that, but right. with that specific bit, you had it just to fucking commit, to fucking commit. Right. But that's, I think that's what scares the hell out of people the most, to be honest with you. Because people say, I'd rather be literally thrown out of a plane than do stand-up. It's fully committing, making yourself really vulnerable with the possibility that it could go so badly, you're humiliating yourself in public. And that terrifies the hell out of people. Do you, do you remember the first time that you broke through that barrier and went, oh, okay, wait a minute, this is addictive? I think this answers that question. I remember it specifically. I was hanging out with a comedian in Philadelphia. That's where I started stand-up in high school. And um, hung out with him all day. And he was really nice. And I wasn't insulted by what he said. Yeah. But one day he goes, you're real funny. And I knew I was making him laugh. I knew, and I knew he was funny. I knew I was making him laugh. Like at the mall, when I picked him up at the hotel. He goes, you're really funny. Why don't you, uh... and he shyishly said, because he didn't know if I'd take it well or not. Why don't you bring this up to the stage? And I was like, fuck, I know he's right. Like, it didn't mean I didn't do well, but I wasn't bringing me to the stage. Whether it's silly or social or political, whatever the fuck it is that you, like, yeah. and that, there's not that many moments in my career where you have like, and that's when it all changed. Things right. are a slow build. Nothing happens overnight. Everything's slow. But that was an epiphany, if that's the right word. The fuck? And I started doing things on stage that were true to me. And that was a breaking point. And, and I'll tell you what the most embarrassing thing, if you have one, one stupid great piece of advice, anytime you talk differently than you talk in real life, it doesn't age well. I still look at a special from five years ago when I turn it on, like, you know, and I go, oh, let's just look so, the more I can just be on stage, I can yell and I can scream and I can have drama, but the realistic proportion. But when I extra turn it on, like when I look back at my old, like evening at the improvs, now I was not as good as a comedian then, and I was doing television, so I was a little nervous. And boy, did that voice come on, and I hate it. Do you, do you know what I'm saying, sort of? Like, a, I'm a comedian. <laughs> you know, it's like just, Calm down. But that- <laughs> To me. To me right, well, we're, we're always so incredibly self-critical. I mean, obviously. Do you, do you feel like as a comic in, in real life that you're always constantly thinking about bits and like, so that it almost gets in your way um, of kind of really enjoying the moment sometimes? Cause you're thinking, that's funny. Wow, how can well, I turn that in? You know, the phone, even though people will criticize it, I think, you know, I have bad dyslexia. I can barely write anything. I mean, I can spell, I'm better than people think I am. I play yeah. it up so they go, oh my God, look at him. Yeah. But, um, but the phone, at least I can get the idea out of my head. So that's so nice, especially if I'm smoking pot. I used to have to try to write shit down. I was like, Ah, oh, fuck. And now I can just pick up my phone and go, blah, 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 blah. And when you're not high, think of two other examples. Right. <laughs> exactly. Because I know it needs more work. Just give yourself the notes and you right. can do that in 30 seconds. Phones are great. Right. Phones are great. So you've been doing it for what? How many years? I started uh, in 81. Wow. Holy so how long is that? I, I, I hate shit. to. I started in 81. I was in high school. Basically, it's a long time. almost 30 years. No, I think almost 40. 
Holy shit. I know. Do I Wait, get anything? I thought the other day, I go, and I'm happy. Years. 40 years, yeah. Yeah, 40 Wait. fucking years. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> and I still love it. It's better now so, than it's ever been. If that means anything to you, you just coming into it. Yeah. It's better now than it's ever been. That's not shitting on the old days. I think when you right. say that, it's not a competition. Comedy should get better. A lot of people go, oh, it'll never be what it used to be. Oh, no. George Carlin or Richard Pryor, if they heard you say that, you wouldn't make them proud. If yeah. They were hoping it got better. It's right. not a crime that comedy gets better. <laughs> it's not saying the old stuff wasn't brilliant. It's just going, it should get better. Right. So whenever anybody says it's not getting better, that's the first slip. That's when you fall off the face of reality, when you start thinking, ah, you can't say anything anymore. But oh, it's so untrue. So you you have no problem saying whatever. No, I, I will tell you this, that like, and, and I'm not just saying it to say it, I really believe it. And I think it's really bad for comedy. And I think the other side that disagrees with me, they're doing exactly what I'm doing. They really believe it from their heart. I get it, we just disagree. We're both passionate, people that think the PC, it's ruining comedy. And it's just, I, you know, I, I watch comedy from afar and I see never in the history of comedy can you have said so much. I don't hear any of my women comedian friends saying, oh, you can't talk about sexuality on stage because they can now. I don't hear anybody talking about depression going, oh, I can't even talk about depression. You, could, you can now if you're brilliant about it. Right. Gary Goldman proves that. I don't hear anybody saying, oh, you know, I can't talk about, if I talk about being gay now, I have to talk about it for my whole act. No, that was the 80s, because once you talked about being gay, you couldn't go back to your other material. Now you can. So there's so many forms of expression where you can say anything you want and turn on television and look how many great shows there are. You can say anything you want. So I never hear it from those people. You know I hear it from when, and I'll be crass to say it, I hear it when people don't, shouldn't use the word bitch, or they want to keep using the word pussy or cunt or faggot or retard, that's when I hear it. I can't say retard. Why do you want to? Right. What the fuck, come on, dig deep into your soul. Nothing else is gonna go good for you if you don't see why you should stop using that word. And don't play yourself the victim. So that's when I hear it. When can we, I can't say retard, I can't say faggot, I can't say pussy, I can't say cunt. Why do you want to so bad? They're overused words anyway. If I can't get you to stop from your heart, can I get you to stop because it's just been done? Right. So you really do believe there are cheap laughs and ways to get it. Like when, and are there times even now still where you go, you know what? I really want to say this. I'm not sure if they're going to get it. So I got to dumb it down a bit. Do you? I, I have a twisted sense of humor with my friends. To be totally honest with you. That is sometimes a part that I don't share on stage. Yeah. Not because I want to, because I understand that there, it's irony, it's ironic. When you're with your friends that know your core and they know who you are, you can say absurd things. Right. So there's a small percentage of things that I keep for that. That's why it's so fucking good. I used to think I could take that to the stage. I choose not to. But that's a minute. But other than that, I don't have any problem saying whatever I want. I do it every single night. That's why I go... I will admit it sounds facetious or snarky. Yes, if those are the words you want to say, yes, you're fucked. I'll give it to you. I'm not, so I'm not crazy. I'm not going, they're going, what is top world toddling? When you say those words, people attack you online. They say, oh, you're still using it. Yeah, yeah. If those are the things you're defending, right. then yeah, you're fucked. But overall, in the big scheme of comedy, it's better now than it's been. It's great. There, there's so much more diversity in comedy. That's a great thing. Right. Anybody that says it's not going well, they're so off.
Don't go anywhere. How You Live in J-Piven will be right back after we pay some bills. Quip. Oh, man, we need this. Your mouth is important. Don't have bad breath, for the love of God. Let's get after this. Also, if you're lazy, here's the deal. You don't have to brush too hard, you guys. That's how you get, you know, receding gums and receding hairline, receding income. Nobody wins because good health starts with good habits, you guys. Quip makes it easy by delivering the oral care essentials that you need to take care of your mouth. It's an electric toothbrush that's loved over by 7 million mouths. Think about that. 7 million mouths. No wires or bulky chargers. But also, by the way, kids, they got an electric toothbrush for you as well. Let's get after that. Now, if you go to quip.com slash P-I-V-E-N right now, you'll get your first refill free, which is great. Get after this, you guys. I've done this. It's important. Go to quip.com slash Piven, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Piven. Get quip.com slash Piven. Good habits start today, you guys. It's officially a winter wonderland outside your window or inside your mind, both basically. And what you want when it's chiller than a snowman's cheeks, you want to bundle up with layers and layers of comfy goodness. Live the dream with me undies because they feel great. I'm, I'm literally in me undies right now. Really, really soft, comfortable. They come in a bunch of insane colors. They have onesies. I never thought I'd wear a onesie. There I am wearing it. I'm loving it. You guys got to get after this. Get after me undies. That sounds really creepy. Spread the cozy vibes to literally anyone in your life with me undies. Believe me, it's the gift that keeps giving. They're going to immediately put it on their bodies. Think about it. During Christmas, what's going to be better than a onesie? Christmas trees on it, multiple colors. Get your festive on with the new MeUndies Holiday Collection featuring classic plaids. There you go. Sweater-inspired prints. So this is going to be the perfect Christmas gift. Or Hanukkah, in my case. And they go from extra small to 4XL. Good God almighty. You know, you can dress up your Frenchie or Shaq, either one. Now, MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchase, you get 15% off, free shipping right to your door. Take advantage of that. Go to MeUndies.com slash Piven. That's MeUndies.com slash Piven to get 15% off your first order, free shipping, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. You know, when you look back at some of your, for lack of a better term, greatest hits that maybe reached the most people, or you feel like, wow, that was my best bit. Was, was there something that was a little bit different about how that came to be than others? Is it, I mean, I'm just asking what the variables are. You're obviously grinding, you're writing all the time and everything, and then you get lucky or are there, were there certain steps where you went, like you said, with, you know, when you were trying to go so deep into a joke that you lose them and then get them back. Are there certain things that you did that that uncovered like your your best bits? I think it might have been when I figured out, I felt like I was still growing when I was doing comedy in 90. I remember 92, 93, that's when I really thought, for lack of a better word, I found myself. Like, I think I figured out what's funny. And I did learn, like, I got better and it clicked. When I would just, once you have good timing, you can just complain funny. You know, and basically I like to complain a lot. Like wherever I go, something's, 
And if I didn't have to, for me, it wasn't turning it into necessary. Is this sort of answering it? No, it, it, it is. But like, for instance, you know that when you explore and heighten a beat, it can only get better. I'm just, you know, like, you know, I'm trying to figure out for me just how to get the most out of my bits right now. And if you could maybe talk to like, you're 40 years into it, right, right. talk to, you know, Todd at, you know, three years into it, what would you say? Like, if you could well, say like, here's some advice for you. Let me save you some time. Okay. Well, you want, I'll start with the stupidest piece of advice. Okay. I always tell, cause there's not, a lot of it's just perform, just get on stage a lot, but you know, that's, that's a given, you know, that's not, um, but like, I always tell a newer comedian, write your notes in a black Sharpie. Don't have, I did everything. I've done it too, right? After I, I forget, I'm in the car, I write on. I always go, if you're going up and you have a problem memorizing your bits, if you have a problem, if you don't, then obviously this doesn't occur. But if memorizing it takes you out of it, you're like, fuck, I got a big laugh, but now I'm trying to think of the next joke, alleviate it. Walk out with a half piece of printing paper, black Sharpie, big, and put it down on the stool. You do, you look down, boom. But that's five and dime advice. But right. eh, if some open, it helps me, you know? But I think it's, listening I've been doing this almost 40 years and I know that recording your set and listening to it later is so fucking helpful but I never do it that's that's a great way to like really it, it works you you get so much from listening to your sets and you know what else this happened by accident but I tried it. I've done it a few times since the camera turned around on the audience and so it just shot the audience. So first when I saw it, I was like, oh, fuck. It was a Friday night. There were two good shows and the camera got hit. So it just was literally on the audience, my entire set, watching three tables of people. And I learned so much from watching that. Like when I thought maybe they were bored, but they weren't, they were just taking it in. Silence could be construed as boredom, even when it's not. And then when I saw them, like still, but so many things from, from watching that. But recording yourself is a, is a, is a, great, is a great thing. I mean, it, it's, but I know you heard this a lot, so I thought don't even tell it to you because you probably heard this 30 times, but it is, if you're in it for the short haul, you ain't, it's not gonna fucking work. If you, if you, if, it, it's not gonna work. Could your, what you do for a living being an actor, speed you up a little more than a guy that's starting at an open mic night that never did it? Yeah, I think so. Comfortability at a certain level, but that's, it's, it's, it, it gives you a nice little start, but that's it. So if you really want to do it, I would not be the person that would say, no, you won't. Because most of the time when someone does it, you know, an actor like you, hey, it's a short thing and they're not doing it in two years. But that doesn't mean shit. You could be the one that, that goes to the short list and people go, no, Jeremy Piven, he was the guy, was an actor, then started doing stand up and he's still doing it. It's 13 years later. Right. That's to be seen. But I don't think that if it's something that you fucking, I mean, you got it. If you want to do comedy real bad, real bad, don't fucking do it. Real bad ain't shit. I want to do comedy real bad. You got to fucking go, God damn it, this fucking. Because if, if the good isn't as good as, you know, if, if, it sucks sometimes. You know, it's all you all by yourself. What's so bad about it is what's so good about it. You know, is that it's all fucking you. So when it's going good, that's why that's so much fun. It's all you guys in a band will go. We have each other when we're doing bad. I get it. But I'll take doing bad, how bad it feels for when it's going good. When you walk out there and it's going well, it's all fucking you for an hour and 15 minutes to just have fun. Not in a cocky way, not like, oh, it's all me. Meaning I get to fucking go at this. I don't have to share it. I don't have to turn it over to the drummer, the other actor. 
just me and them for an hour and 15, an hour and a half, or whatever performer, what amount you do. But you gotta just do it. You gotta fucking just get up there and do it night after night after night after night after night. And that's in, and then you're gonna get better. If you don't blame, and don't blame outside surroundings. Don't let people get your ear and tell you the problem with comedy today. Because anybody tells you the problem with comedy today, they shouldn't be giving you advice on the problem with comedy today. I'm right, comedy is at a great place. Don't blame the situation. Don't blame, oh, it's a cutthroat business, or it's this, it's that. It's the best time in the world. Take full responsibility, and don't let anyone tell you that, you know, I'm telling you, don't punch down. You'll look shitty, it doesn't look good. You know, you punch people that are already having a difficult time in life. Let go of words. Let go of words. If there's a word and even one person says, what are you saying that word for? Really? And they want to go, oh, did I offend you? Stop. You didn't offend me. I'm criticizing you. <laughs> Every time you're upset with some people go, oh, did I offend you? I'm a big boy. You didn't offend me. I'm criticizing you. I'm saying that you can do better than the word bitch. Right. You know, really? Why don't you write a love song and, and have one of the lines be, I'd climb any mountain for you. Right. That's what bitch is. That's what those words are. Don't don't mind growing. Don't mind growing in comedy. Don't if you early on start this shit that you can't say anything anymore, you're fucked, Jeremy. You're yeah. fucked. If you don't treat that line of yeah, yeah, you say stuff, everyone. Yeah, people respond. People can go on Twitter, but they can also send a lot of love. The minute you start buying that, like your problem is or my problem is I, I'm, I'm edgy. I'm out there. I'm saying shit and everyone this no just own what you do it's a great time people might not like it on twitter you might have a but if it's a word or if it's a topic or you know just it, it's so interesting that you say that because what i've learned so much is you know i have all these years as an actor so i from the time i was eight years old and then i didn't kind of break through for 30 years and um, so, you know, the stage is my home to a certain respect. And what's so fascinating is, I'll never forget the first time I got up, they, they threw me on stage with Russell Peters and we have to do crowd work and that's what he does. So it was insanely intimidating and you're at the Laugh Factory and you're, ca oh, you're caged in there, right? So I got to learn very fast the difference, okay? And it scared the shit out of me. And I was literally pinned against the back wall. I couldn't come down and I, I'm more comfortable on the stage than anywhere right. else in my life. So the stand-up stage is completely different and I get it. And so what's interesting is you're absolutely right. You know, you just have to grind and keep going and keep working through it. And what's interesting is to get back to your earlier point, if you're performing and you're not, and you're feeling like, wow, there's some people out there that I'm intimidated by and I don't know how this guy's feeling and I'm getting in my own way and I'm starting to doubt myself, all that stuff, it, it, it couldn't be worse for you. For what I've experienced, I'd love to hear what your take on it is. The only way to perform on your highest level is to feel totally comfortable, present, and not judged, oh, okay. and that you can just do your thing and let your hands go, isn't that? Oh my God. I mean, like, you know, like I said, been doing this a long time, and of course, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm at the, because it's very hard for me to perform at my best when I have a crowd that's not liking what I'm doing. Some people can perform past it. I, 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 there's some comedians that can, like even when, you know, I used to watch Mitch Hedberger, a guy like Kevin Meany, I'm, I'm picking some people from the past yeah. that, um, that the crowd could not like them. Now, yes, they liked a good crowd. Of course they did, but they could still go the steady. Right. I can't. 
And it's been the demise of my, I've gotten past it in stand-up. What I used to do when the crowd wasn't buying what I wanted to do, what I really thought was funny, I would go to, I had old material, I would go to it because it was old material, and it was probably a little more vanilla, a little more easy to digest because I was a simpler comedian when I was doing it when I was like 25, 26. So I used to just go back to that material. And I literally treated it like an addiction to drinking. I go, Todd, you can't, you got to stop that. You can't get scared and jump back to your old material. So what's the difference between a simpler comedian and what you've evolved into? Maybe just more, you know, like my, there was a silliness that I didn't use to show on stage. You know, just more me up there, you know, still I'm performing, you're performing, I get it. But simpler was like, I don't know, I would talk about anything. Like I'd be like, I was tw- tw- 18 doing comedy, 16, 17, 18. Oh, you get pulled over by the cops. It was all, not that you can't have a story about being pulled over by the cops, it's good, but it was all very vanilla. Hey, the Brady Bunch, you ever notice this when you're, the cop wears dark sunglasses? And, you know, it's just very obvious things that anybody could have thought of. And then I thought, you know, and as I started to be able to figure out what really made me laugh, it got more, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. So I'm not purposely acting like, oh, when you become a better comedian, less people like you. No, but the more opinions you have, the more if you're silly to a point of absurdity. I mean, one that I asked the guy, I have a little band that I use in different markets that yeah. just plays for me. Yeah, I've seen and I, asked them, I, I, go, I love it when you use a band. I go, without making fun of that audience last night, right? without calling them dumb, I'm better than that. I don't want to call them dumb. They're not dumb because they don't like me. What is it? What is it that they, they don't like when I can see I'm not grabbing them? You know, the people that didn't come to see you. Some people come to see you. They're usually your audience. If you try hard, you're going to please them. Then there's maybe some other people that just came because to see a show. What what the fuck? What was it last night? He goes, I think as people get older, they lose a childlike wonder. Because comedians and actors or people around youth a lot can sort of say a little, you know, a little more in touch with that. When you're little, you play, you giggle, you have fun, you're with your friends, you're doing bits. Right. And they lose it. So to see a man your age up there, it just looks, you know what I mean? Even if it was a 40-year-old or a 30-year-old, they're, they're older now. They act older. Right. So... I don't know if I answered your question, but so it's hard for me to perform at my best when, when I'm, when I'm, when I can see they're not liking it. I just can't stop. All I can do is stop and comment on it. I ask everybody, what don't, what's, what's not to love? I said one night, I was sort of serious. What's not to love? I'm a little silly. Fucking get over it. And that's why there's a place in Bloomington, Indiana called the Comedy Attic. And he has bred the best audience members on the planet, on the planet. And he explains to them, and I like it, he educates them. Comedians perform at their best when, when they're, you give them their full attention and you just turn your phone off and you don't judge and you just be there with them. He goes, they tend to perform at their best. And we'd like to believe that's why we get a lot of great comedians to come off the beaten path here. And he's right. And that's why when you go there, you know, there I do great. But then some other way, if I get one person, one person in the audience, I'm like, what the fuck? I don't have to, st-. I, and I say, ignore it, Todd, ignore it. But one person, I'm, and not, I'm really not mad. I'm insecure. Like you just said, I can't, if I think you're mocking me or judging me, I can't, how am I going to do this next bit that I know is going to, you're going to hate. So you don't, you don't like admitting to the truth of what you're seeing right there. You, you won't go in on someone. Oh, I will. That's oh, my you, problem. Oh, you will. Okay. Yeah, and I want to do it. I, I said to myself a month ago, Todd, you got to stop this because then you stop your act. Yeah. I'm going, and I don't yell. I don't use words. I learned when I get angry, I don't want to say, I just go, what, what, what are you, what are you, what are you? And by the way, now the new thing that gets, I don't know, you didn't even, I'll make this quick. Yeah. 
here's how pre-judgy I get sometimes. And I do love to perform. I don't want to make it sound negative. I, I do love to perform, but there's this part of it we're talking about. Now that I use the band, I can get pissed off not before, even before I get out there. Someone goes, wait, but how's he already mad? He hasn't even done any comedy yet. And I told my friend, I go, because look, I remember what it's like when I first saw Don Rickles and the band fired up. I was with my brother. We were like 11 and we were like, just at that. So when I'm at a comedy club and the lights go down, I have a band. Not every other comedian has a band and the lights go dark and they do the roll and the drums, ladies and gentlemen. And then the trumpet comes in and I look through the curtain and I see somebody in the first row looking at their phone or just looking down. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you shit with the, when's the last time you saw this? Bum, bum, bum. Everything's great. It's big. It's grandiose. There's trumpets blaring. You're, and I see, and I walk out pissed. And I can't walk, I can't, that's not gonna make me good sh good show. I'm already mad because you didn't even react to the band. That's what I'm saying. I didn't even tell jokes, but I can see you're not even into the band. I, I see, I look at that whole table. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. And then- So that doesn't lead to your best set. That doesn't lead to my best what, set because I can swallow it and what, get away with it. What leads to your best set? Trying to ignore if that happens and just start. You'll win. Some people you might take a little longer to win over, but just go. Just You, you can comment on it with proportion, but I, I'll spend, what's your problem? What are you doing? Why aren't you having fun? So your, your best state of mind to be in, to do your best work is what? I mean, I like to be in the moment, so if I really need to, I'll comment on it, but sometimes you have to ignore some shit. You know, but best is when I just have a loving audience. I just have a loving audience, you know, it's like, just be just, you know, but you can't make people, you know, that's why I try to go to the clubs that have cultivated. That's the good news. It's, it's not a, a city. Audiences are cultivated. So that's what I lucky at this point in my career that I can still go to comedy clubs where they've cultivated these brilliant audiences. And you know what, you should, if, if you ever want to see what it's like, cause I don't know what, if you listed all the clubs you went to, but if you ever could, Go to one of these clubs and shoot something because you'll, you'll see the difference. You'll be like, oh, that's what he was talking about. And, and, even, and it'll be fun, for, for, you know, especially you. You could do it when somebody else maybe couldn't get into these clubs. But if you're shooting something and you go with a great cultivated audience, you'll know in one second what I'm talking about. You're like, wow, they listen more. Right. And, 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 it, and it makes you a better comic. So, but, but the question is, because I've experienced, you know, what you're talking about. How do you get to the point where you don't have that great audience? Right. But you still want to do the set that you had with the great audience, with this audience. It's not. I, how do you how do Because I know you've gotten yourself to that point. I, I, I can. Oh, my. You know, it's funny. I, I, this answers that question. My family was in the audience uh, in Philadelphia and they brought some friends. My mom brought a lot of her friends. You know, she has these new friends. And, you know, I want to do good in front of my family. I, I do. I don't want, you know, because if you don't, that's how they think you do every night. If you have one bad show in front of your family, that's the thing. Oh, that's what he's touring now doing. He's just having a bad year. They don't know. No, it was just that night. Right. So I said to my friend, I go, I have a good show tonight. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I hope the audience is good. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. When I want to do good, I will. I, I will. How, I, will. I will ignore it. When I really, like, if, let's say I had someone in there. Let's say instead of my parents, let's say it was an agency that wanted to sign me or whatever. I can do it. I can do it. I I can plow past it. I can just ignore. I know. Don't Todd. Don't acknowledge her. Just just look away. Look away. Look away. But you know, my treat is at the end. I I when I do that, I will. If there is one person that really bothers me, not to go back and call them names and use words that I wish I didn't use, but when I'm like, I want to fucking know who you are. This whole show. I want. Then when I'm all done, I say thanks, everybody. Uh, we're about ready to wrap it up. Then I fucking go over to it. I already did my show. I did great. Now I can fucking go. Hey hey hey. By the way. Well, what's up? No, seriously, I'm not. Well, tell me what's up. 
What's wrong? What did I do? Did I do something socially that bothered you? What? The really? That's how bad I am? I get it. I'm not your cup of tea. And I go, if I went to see a band, I told a woman in the first row, I go, you think I'm mad at you because you don't like me? No, I'm that, I'd be a lunatic. I don't like every musical group. I don't like every comedians. And I'm not crazy, nor are you. You're not crazy because I'm, I'm not grabbing you. You're crazy because you don't think you have to put on a, a nice face. Yeah, that's where you're crazy. And I mean that. And I, I went off. I said, you're going to not be a good significant other. That doesn't make a good parent. You think it's okay to not like me. It's okay not. But when I twist it, I said to her, I go, if I went to see a band and I was in the first row and I didn't like them, I'm not wrong, but I would never sit in the first row and stare at the band. If I did, you know what my friends would do? I told this all to this lady. My friends, if I have any good friends, if I did that, they'd lean over and they'd go, Todd, stop it. You don't have to like them, but the guy's looking at you. Fucking smile. And that makes me angrier. And I go, so, so, so you're a bully. I go, you're not a physical bully, but you're a bully. This is a bully. You're a bully. You know what you're doing. You know better than this. And then fucking you have them because you already did well. So I, if I want to go back home and, and after I'm all done and fucking, but I will do well for 50 minutes first. Well, listen, as you know, Bill Burr's entire career changed when he was ready for the moment. You know, like Shakespeare says, the readiness is all. And when he was in Philly, yeah. right? He, and it's classic, and he was prepared for that moment when it was the worst audience ever, and he unloaded on them, right? That was, I mean, that was some of, one of the best things I've ever seen. Right. So do you, and, and I keep hearing from all these comics, they will gravitate towards your truth. So stay in your truth. And your truth is, and that moment, you're furious at this person. And do you notice that the further you dig into that truth, the funnier it becomes to them? I think once they like you, once they like you, I think that's the difference. I think if I did that out front before I proved I was funny, one, and by the way, there's a lot of times when I move past it and I never go back to it. I, um, you know, I, of course, otherwise I'd be like, but sometimes I go, no, I want to ask you, I want to talk to you. You know, I want to find out what you're about, you know. Right. Um, and believe me, a lot of people don't like it. They get mad. Okay, so I'm going to have to be very selfish and 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 turn this back around to some advice for me if you no, don't no, mind. No, no, always, always. Don't, okay. don't be afraid to. Okay. I get it. Okay, how long, and, and you can be as honest, please, don't, don't sugarcoat it. How long will it take me to think like a comic? Three to think, maybe, oh, to think like a comic. Never. No. I uh, <laughs> got you good, you fuck! No. <laughs> uh, well, you probably already, you probably already do. You're, first of all, you know, you're, you, you've, the, the fact that you really love comedy, I mean, that makes you want to sit down and talk to someone just because of that. Right. So that's a, you know, I'm, I'm being, I don't think I have to be all negative to like, no, I think, but I think you, it does take, you, just like I said, we got to go up, you know, just going up, going up, going up. Mm. Not, think like a comic. I mean, I think you get your gears. Yeah, everybody learns. I don't think it's think like a comic because you just got to, you don't have to think like a comic. You, you become a comic. You, you, that'll just come from, you don't already have it. You, 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 you already have what you need. You fucking love comedy. That's a great start. But I'm going to say three, three hard years before I think you get what you want. Three years. Not well, to be. I, I know, but you're, you're being very kind. But you know when you're talking with your inner circle, there's, there's usually another number. Oh, you, you, 10 years. 10 years where you're like, 
10 years where you're, I mean, as comfortable. Like I remember doing comedy. I was doing good with audiences, but like I would see another comedian that could kill with a bad audience or just, I couldn't do that yet. If I had a good audience, I could do good. But I would watch guys like, wow, they're just, they're not even nervous up there. If they are, you couldn't see it. But that's when I was like a five-year comic. In five year, I was good. But I'm trying, I don't want, I'm not being, I'm not trying to water it down a little bit. I'm trying to be, be like the truth with some motivation. I, I love that you're being honest with me because yeah. it, it means it means a lot to me because that's how I will grow. Whether any comic I'm on the road with, no matter if they're getting up and doing five minutes or they're hosting, has done more time than me. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's a fact. No. So I say to them from the jump, hey guys, I'm a rookie. Um, if you have any notes or if you just say, hey man, uh, that stuff's pretty hacky. Just you know, I love it. It's going to save me time. I love honesty. You know, so many people in this town, in this life, can't handle when people are open and honest with them. And I thrive off it. I swear to God. Well, I guess do. what you could, not that I'm looking for things now, but I did just think of one thing, being incredibly honest. I go, yeah. I wonder if this will affect you growing as a comic. A lot of comedy is hanging out. It's hanging out after the show. It's not just jumping on stage and leaving. Right. And a comedian told me that early on. I would have a bad set and I would go home. But he goes, I'm not saying go out. Like, like networking doesn't have to be nauseating. Sometimes it just means you go out and you end up networking. Because the biggest thing is that people know you're easy to be around. You're easy, you're easy to be around. If they're doing a short, three comedians are doing a short and they go, you know that new guy, he's always fun to be around. Remember that girl that was there? She's there every week. She's always pleasant. Oh, we should ask her if she wants. They learn that from hanging out. So there's the part as you grow as a comedian on stage and some nights that goes great and you go out and you have a good time. But if you're on stage and it doesn't go good, still go out. Still go out. Because going out is a big part of comedy and hanging out with comedians. That is probably a little harder for you to get to do that part of it. Not at all. Can you go hang out in the street afterwards without people bothering you? Uh, we, I mean, you know, people, you know, if they've seen the show and stuff like that, they're going to they're gonna want to take pictures and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm happy to do that. But I, I love hanging out and I love asking questions. And um, it's interesting to go back a little bit to what you were saying, because because I'm still I'm just trying to figure this out. Um, it seems to me that hanging out with your friends and working on your highest level to just reveal who you are, making each other laugh, that should be the feeling that you have when you're with an audience and you're, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, of course, that's what, hey look, I'll admit the good part about comedy, I'm, that's what's great about it. Like when you're in front of a good crowd and you're getting to be silly and just do whatever you want and they're loving it and, and, and you're on the same page, I mean, that's, you know, that's the, that's the best. That's what it's all about. And and, 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 and and that is a good compliment. Sometimes we'll be like, oh, you're pretty close to who you are. I go, yeah, of course you can turn it on. And like, even a guy that I know that's hyper on stage can still be calm off stage. And I can be, but pretty overwhelmingly, but not 10 years ago, not even 15 years ago. I always, I said to a friend once, when am I going to stop looking at my old work and hating it? <laughs> he goes, hopefully never. Mm. That was the best answer. He goes, what do you want to think? Oh, my best work was two years ago. It's like, you always want to be embarrassed of your old work. but Because uh, you always want to be growing and getting better. You want to be growing and getting better. There were a lot of nights, a lot of the comedians that went on to do well. I'm not saying you can't go on to do well and also do well on stage. Some comedians are successful. They, but there were a lot of comedians that didn't do as well every night, maybe, as me when I was like eight years in. They, I did better than them with the audience. 
but they connected at a different level. That's how my friend Tom Martin said it. Like they were connecting with people on a different level. Like when I moved out here and Adam Sandler would go on after me or before me, sometimes he didn't, he, I did well with, better with the whole audience, but I was smart and I knew it. That's what let me be a better comedian. I knew that he was better than me. I knew when I would see Gilbert Godfrey, like go, oh, I want to do that. I want to, not, not I don't want to do good because they would annihilate with the right crowd, but I know why they're not going over. It's not because they don't care. It's not because they didn't bring their A game, guys like Mitch Hedberg. It's because they're, what they do is very specific to them. So it limits the amount of people that are going to enjoy it. Well, one, one last question. Um, do you have, uh, this is, this may be a really stupid question, but do you really have like a, a favorite bit that you've ever done or that you've ever seen? And why is it that that one just hits you? What is it about that one? You know, that's a classic. You know, you think about... I mean, in my whole career? Yeah. Well, you know, only because it, like, it's probably why I did it so long. You know, when I first, that comedian that said, why don't you bring yourself to the stage? The next open mic night, I did an impersonation of my dad smoking a cigarette. And it really went over well. And boy, what a good thing to have him give me some advice and it worked. Because it might have not worked. That didn't mean I have to give up on it. But the first thing I tried, I was like, well, my dad, I went up on stage. I lit a cigarette and it killed. It really got it. So I kept it in the act for like 25 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> Plus, but, I got to smoke a cigarette. But yeah. what, what was it about that bit that, that connected? Just because it was a true story. It was really from me, you know. But um. They weren't, look, if you're going to write jokes and they're brilliant, just when you're all about the word, like let's say, uh, whoever it is, a comedian that's just down to the word, but his words are brilliant. I wasn't that. So I was going, did you ever notice? And eh, it was fine. Yeah. And you know, hey, you know when you're driving, you should, but eh, for, it wasn't, it wasn't, I'm not saying you have to, for me, that's not who I was. I was not a joke writer, specifically. I, I tried to write jokes and it was just all boring, you know? But then when I started to go, well, what does make you laugh, you know, and bringing that to the stage, like, and that was a more, like we've said, I, I just more of a, more of being who I was on stage, you know, bringing it to the stage. I don't sit around with my friends and going, did you ever notice that, hey, remember that, I mean a little bit, but not mostly, it's, right. it's me being silly. It's me going, what if I woke up every day? Like I would sit around my house and I'd turn the radio. I'd go, what if every day when I woke up, I walked to my car and I blared this music? I always did that bit around the house. I would go, what type of song would you want to walk to your car? You know, if you had a band playing in your front yard. Yeah. And then I would play songs and we would act like we were do it right here at my house. I go, do that on the goddamn stage. So I tell that story and then I had the sound cue ready. And when I started to do all that stuff, you know, like uh, I, I, I used to do this bit where I played, you know, dun, 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 dun. And I would go over to the, the, the blinds at my house and I would open them and go, oh, there's no room for everyone to see what's going on outside. I'll just explain it. Bump, bump, but that music. And I would go, oh, there's a circus. And Rory, I go, I have to go to the bathroom. And Rory Scoble would go over to the blind. We'd open it. We'd all, of course, we, we could all go over there, but that was the fun of the bit. I brought that to the stage. Right. I went, oh, I could do that. I could just go to any comedy club. There's always an area I can act like I'm looking outside. Oh, folks, there's a little window here. You won't believe what's playing. And then they, does that, does that sort of explain it? Yeah, you have to be fearless to be exactly who you are and whether it works or not. Right, and easier said than done. Good luck. <laughs> How You Live in Jay Piven is a cast original podcast in association with Common Enemy and Penderfoot TV. Producer is Kyle Tequila. Theme song by Common. Executive producer for cast is Harley Roman. Executive producers for Tenderfoot TV are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. 
Executive producers for Common Enemy are Jared Einson and Dave Osco. Catch all new episodes of How You Live in J. Fivin every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts.